podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Chairman Mao, Jamie Howe, Ho Chi Minh, Asif Din, Vaslav Havel, Graham Savile, No Surrender, Percy Fender, Guerrilla Cricket. Today, we're going to focus on the oldest of our first-class counties, Surrey, Middlesex, Lancashire, Yorkshire. It's none of those. Uh, founded in 1839, it is Sussex. Three times county champions, their illustrious history boasts the likes of C.B. Fry, David Shepherd, Ted Dexter, Tony Gregg, Ransich Sinji, Morris Tate, John Snow, to name but a few. Now they are promoting some young and exciting young talent like Tom Haynes, Tom Clark, Archie Lennon, and blending that with the likes of Stephen Finn and new arrivals, uh, Cheshire, the name I can never say, Cheshire Pajara, I beg his pardon, yeah. and Mohamed Rizwan. The CEO of Sussex is a familiar sporting name, Rob Andrew. Rob, a huge welcome to Gorilla Cricket. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for having <laughs> me on. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Now, uh, first, a little bit about you, maybe. Uh, many, of course, will know you as a, uh, uh, from rugby, as a player and administrator, but you do also have a cricketing background. Tell us a little bit about what led you to Sussex. Um, well, sort of all, I like lots of things. It happened by chance, really. Um, I've always been a massive cricket lover, um, played a lot at school and university, um, still try to play uh, very badly, still can't get it off the square for those that, that remember me playing a long time ago. But it's just rugby and cricket went went hand in glove for me at school and university. Uh, and I've been very lucky to be involved in, in both of those sports for a long time. Um, did a long time in rugby as a player, coach, director of rugby administrator time at the governing body at the rfu um and just felt that that i fancied a, a change of scene um and then the opportunity came up at sussex at you know and um yeah love it absolutely love it love the county game love cricket um and really enjoying what we're trying to achieve at sussex um and, and obviously getting stuck into some of the other political issues that that seem to uh turn up in sport every now and again i'm sure they're going to pop up uh, you did once get michael atherton out for a duck is that true <laughs> <laughs> well it, it is true i think i think um it goes back to yorkshire yorkshire lancashire second team actually about 1980 early 80s something or other uh so long ago that neither he nor i either want to remember or can remember i think um as I keep saying, I think I think Athers was only about twelve actually at the time, so it was oh. a bit un unfair. <laughs> well, his lad's doing all right. His lad played eighty eighty for us the other day, so that was all pretty good. Yeah, no, he looks uh, it looks like a chip off the old block, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He he does play a bit like him as well. Uh, so Sussex has this fantastically long history, one hundred and sixty three years. Um, are you finding now, as you sort of plan ahead and uh, and think about this season and going forward, are you still able to grow the membership? in terms of numbers and value. I've got to be honest, I popped onto the website um, and I found I couldn't, memberships were currently not available. So uh, how are you finding the sort of the battle to grow that membership at the moment? Yeah, look, it is quite difficult for, for membership uh, numbers itself. We're, we're doing pretty well at holding them at about three and a half, four thousand, which is where we've sort of been for, for quite some time now, actually. Mm. Um, 
And and as everybody knows, the sort of the balance between the red ball and the white ball debate is is something that um, that we're all fighting with. Um, we took a decision to take our blast memberships out of our uh, red ball memberships a few years ago as well. So that operates separately. So we have we have season tickets for the blast and, yeah. and obviously do well with the blast sales. So it, it's just. We're we're in pretty good shape um, considering some of the challenges of the red ball cricket, which I'm sure we'll come on to about when it's played, the time of year, the marginalisation of it. Um, so, and, and look, it's it's very clear that um, we're not in the 1950s and 60s or 70s. You know, when the people had seemed to have a bit more time. You know, people have very busy lives watching. Red ball cricket at a county level, um, you know, on a, on a Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday during the week is, is tough for people. Um, that's where streaming comes in. Um, there's a huge interest in county cricket, as we know. Um, people people grow up probably because their grandparents, their granddad took them to the first county match whenever they started watching cricket. And they could be anywhere in the world now supporting Sussex or Lancashire or or Kent, Somerset, whoever, you know, they could be in Singapore, they could be in in, in, in Western, west coast of the USA, and we've got people all over the world. So there's huge interest in cricket, in county cricket. Um and and you know, we're still in we're still in good shape. And and that's pretty, pretty important given the last two years that we've had. Well you touched you touched on a, a couple of things there, because uh, you talked about history and changing sort of landscape really um given that changing landscape how how easy or challenging is it to kind of stay relevant as that landscape shifts because you know we all think you know we all understand different attention spans different types of media that people consume uh, different formats of the game you know multiple formats of the game being played too many some would argue for the good of all of them um it, relevance is such an Im- important word for a for a, a, a sporting organisation that kind of sits at the centre of a community <laughs> and yet still has to serve that, that that community becomes in a way some, somewhat more fragmented. How do, how do you balance if you like the older than new? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great question and actually one that is, is really difficult to answer uh, uh, and one that is something that cricket perhaps, perhaps more than any of the other major sports is, is grappling with um because it's got it's got so many moving parts um and we have to work out you know we have to go with the marketplace because clearly if you push against the market that you're not going to you're not going to survive in any industry so in sports no different mm. um i think we're just struggling a little bit at the moment to get the balance right and and to understand really that we are heading down the road of two different sports um in, and we have to work out how they sit side by side and how they can both work together for the benefit of um, the whole game. Um, and it's a difficult, it's, it, look, I've been involved for five years and, and I, I came in just as the new competition, which was going to be a T20 competition, had been signed off and agreed. And we, in a way, it feels like we've had five years of, of haggling over, over how it all sits together. Um, then COVID came along. We've only had one year of the 100. 
and we're still trying to work it out if if i'm perfectly honest um but you know you talk about relevance and and that is a great question i don't think cricket's ever been more relevant in a county like sussex uh quite frankly i think it's growing across the whole county um we're not just about the men's first team we're about women's cricket we're about club cricket 200 clubs in the league 350 teams playing one league in in sussex Uh, we probably try and argue we've got the biggest league in world cricket as well as the oldest county cricket club but i'm not sure whether that's true but um we have disability you know d40 disability teams visually impaired teams uh the, the disability team will play at hove this summer against surrey mm-hmm. um you know we we've got we've got more kids interested in cricket and playing cricket more girls and women sections in cricket clubs than we've ever had doubled over the last 3 or 4 years. Um so the the relevance question is a really important one but it 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 it's very far reaching. Um and then obviously at the very top end of the game we we produce England players which is part of our role not not our total role and, and obviously we want to be successful as a as a club in its own right and clearly we have had some challenges on that and we can come on to that. But you know we produced six players played in England teams last year from Sussex across all formats test cricket 50 over uh, and an international T20 so we're hugely relevant to the game um as are the other 18 counties um and and it's 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 a vast history but a a vast infrastructure that that those who wish to sort of tamper with it I think do so that a huge peril because um you know it it's only 10 years down the line that you realize what damage you may have done to a sport if you tamper with it too much and we've seen that happen in other sports um time and time again which sport um, i mean clearly you you have interesting experience in other sports that you can you can talk to do, do you see any parallels anywhere from your sussex experience with with your other experiences Yeah I think the challenges in in rugby clearly from from a personal perspective um over the last 25 years are 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 still being still being battled with um you know the game going professional how many how many clubs should you have what's the format what's the structure um they're still arguing about it 25 years later um and it's you know it's a really difficult thing you know people do point perhaps a little bit um unfairly sometimes but to Welsh rugby about how how they completely changed their whole structure from a domestic point of view reduced the number of teams down they're now talking about possibly going down to three professional teams only in Wales um Scotland are down to two they had four when it first went professional mm. so if you're not careful you actually you you do away with the sport uh you damage it both at grassroots level which is the critical thing and that's the that's the most important thing for any sport is to ensure the grassroots is and the recreational game is strong um and cricket i think is is very strong in that area uh, we need to find ways of working even more together with the recreational game and and, and the so called non first class county because the the structure in cricket across the whole country is fantastic. I genuinely believe that. Um stronger in my opinion than than rugby. 
um, and with 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 all of the first class county structures and the the national counties as they are now called, you can be a youngster in in any corner of this country, and if you're any good at cricket, you can find your way to the very top of the game, and and that ultimately is is a big part of what the sport is about. Um, a big part of what counties are about is producing international players. We want all of our players to dream of playing for Sussex and then England, because for any kid who loves their sport, and I, I was fortunate enough to, to live that dream myself, you, you, you dream of, of, of playing for your, for your country. Um, and if, if the game can provide that opportunity, which we do, then that's a, we're, we're, that's a huge part of, of why we're here. Yeah, well, that's great to hear. Now, well, somebody did famously once say the only people who write five-year plans are people who plan to stay in a job four years, but that's a rather cynical view. But Sussex undoubtedly has one. Um, you created it, I think, in, was it in March 2020? Tough time. Tough time to be thinking, well, probably the best time to be thinking, Ed, you have plenty of time indoors to do it. Um, but you, you did create then a, a sort of a five-year strategic plan for the county built around sort of the vision of inspiring generations. Um, and in, in that were things like inspira- inspiring gen- the, the next generation, growing a game across communities, transforming women's and girls' cricket, developing the grounded infrastructure, and I think delivering high performance. That's quite a bag of objectives that you've got for the next five years. Let's let's sort of unpick one or two of those. Um, start a bit with the fan base. I mean, you, you suggested a little bit in your, in, your, in your first comments there was a ceiling in some areas but not in others. So um, what are sort of the main initiatives, I guess, that, that – and I'm going to call it the fan base in its broadest sense. I'm not just going to talk about the, 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 the 3,500 consistent membership, which I'm delighted is still there. Um, but but in the broadest sense, what are the main things that Sussex is really doing to to, to grow that fan base? Yeah, well, I think that the main thing is is connectivity with the whole of the county um, and working with with all of our schools, uh, all of our clubs um, in particular, because we, because we have the the Sussex Cricket Foundation, our, rec- our old recreational board, if you like, sits within Sussex Cricket Limited now. So we are completely joined as one organisation, which not many counties do. Um, uh, a lot of county boards work closely with their first class county, but actually we work completely together. So we are one organisation, which means that we speak with one voice across the whole of the game um, and we support um, cricket across a whole range of, of activity in the whole of the county and it's a it's a an interesting shaped county as, as many of you know it's a long way from from the far east to the to the far west yep. um but but it, we're now joined up to such an extent that that we can promote the whole of the game under one sussex badge which is this badge which everybody i hope is very proud to be to be part of that sussex family um, and we've seen a massive increase in the interest in the game across, as I said right at the beginning of this, across the whole game. That fundamentally is is our start point. And then obviously we want to try and then get them to, to be inspired to come and watch cricket at Hove. One of the ways to do that is, is if they see kids who've come through the system, come through their schools, through their clubs, and are then debuting 
for the county as we have had slightly unusually i have to admit we, we've debuted three 16 year olds in the well, last Archie, i remember archie archie did was it was it against it was it in the t20 plaster did he play against middlesex last season he, he did and he debuted festival <laughs> yeah well he, he debuted against um hampshire in the t20 on tv took three wickets on his debut yes i remember um and you know dan ibrahim got 50 on his debut up at headingley in, in june uh he's the youngest player in the history of the county championship in all hundred and however many years of the county championship the youngest player ever to score um a, a half century um in county championship cricket james coles as well in, and they, those guys are in the squad at the moment they're you know they're still at school. Um, we've got them off school in their Easter holidays before their exams to, to play first-class cricket. Now, it's very unusual. We, we happen to have what we believe is a crop of very talented young players. And for lots of lots of reasons, we, we, we made decisions. Um, some of them were for financial reasons, because I don't think people understand the challenges that sports clubs have had to go through in the last two years. It's almost like it's it's been forgotten how difficult the last two years I reckon has been the most difficult two years I've ever had in in, in sports amateur or or professional um, because it's we it's we've just been in the unknown the whole time so trying to keep the business alive not knowing when the crisis was going to end has has been really difficult but cricket's done a fantastic job collectively um, to get through this working together with the ECB. Um, the ECB have been brilliant through the crisis. Um, we don't always see eye to eye on, on everything. Um, and and that's some, there's a few things that we need to get sorted out over the next six months. Mm -hmm. um, but in this particular area of working together to ensure the game survives, the ECB have been outstanding. Um, and, and we're all now facing the the next few years with a lot more optimism than we were two years ago when we had no idea when when we would be coming out of this crisis well i mean you know if you want to pick um silver clouds uh, silver linings to to, to to darker clouds if it will i think you could possibly look at you mentioned it earlier streaming i know somerset and i know warwickshire uh, and I suspect most counties have seen not just a, a huge rise in the number of, of how people are watching them and the volume of people watching them, but more as just as interestingly, I think the age and profile mix of those people. Is that something Sussex has found as well? Yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, it, it's been it's, uh, look, and I think that's the other thing that we talked about at the beginning of this interview the pace of change in modern life the pace of change in modern sport how you monetize it how you how you view it um where where you take your viewership to over the next period is, is changing you know who would have said five years ago that that you might be selling tv rights to netflix or amazon or disney or you know it is in the old days it was BBC One and Two and, and ITV. You and I are probably old enough to go back to remember there was only three what? TV stations. Um, <laughs> and I remember. <laughs> sorry, but it's probably true. I'm older um, than you, but so yes. I remember. <laughs> I, I, I'm old enough. This this is really sad. I'm old enough to remember getting our first colour television in 1973. Um, oh, no, we <laughs> we can't go down this road. I, <laughs> I watched the 1966 <laughs> Cup final in black and white. There we go. Have I trumped you? <laughs> 
Yeah, you you have. I was too young to watch that, but I do remember watching the 1973 FA Cup final between Leeds and Sunderland. Oh yeah, um, and, Bob Stoko. Uh, Bob Stoko running across the pitch in his trilby at the end of the game. That was the first sports event I'd watched on colour television. Wow. Um, so there you go. So uh, so when you and that was a long time ago, but you. <laughs> We're just in a dramatically different environment, dramatically different world that we're, and we're also competing. We're competing against so many other things, including the the growth of esports, which yeah, I'd never even heard of until a few years ago. I didn't comp- understand what on earth. Why would you want to watch people playing a game on the computer and you go to a ground? We, we did a whole series with the cricketer of. Um, uh, What's this? Uh, PlayStation Cricket. Yeah, yeah. Other games so are, are available, but yeah, we, we did um, a commentary. It was great fun. <laughs> so look, it, it, it we're just we're, we're it's fascinating. I find it really fascinating, and I think cricket. I actually am really positive about cricket. I think there's a lot of doom and gloom merchants out there because, sadly, in life we just seem to there seem to be lots of doom and gloom merchants about just about everything. Um, but cricket, you know, cricket's been dying for 300 years and it, and it hasn't died yet. Um, and cricket has a remarkable ability to, to adapt and move with, it, with, time, with, it, with the new times. I think at the moment, we just haven't worked out the answer for this particular moment in the journey. We will. Th- th- there is an answer. There's always an answer. Um, and there is a huge, there's a huge red ball, white ball debate. And, and we're in the middle of it. And we, we just have to find the, the solution. You know, T20 hasn't been around that long in, in the scheme of things. IPL, IPL has, has been around for even less than T20, which started in England. Mm. And IPL now pretty much dominates the landscape. So we have to we have to work all of these things in to understand how the that impacts the English domestic game, um, and we're in the middle of that debate, to be honest. And we have to we have to find the answer to that as as you know as soon as we can. Well, sixty percent was the number of viewers, I think, for county streams were eighteen to thirty four. That's a long, long way from the traditional view. Of, of of the county match, which so that's not blasts. That's 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 the um, yeah. That's the four the four day game, which I, I find to be incredibly encouraging. Uh, let's move on a little bit because um, you know, as we think about the future, but the longer term as well as the immediate issues, opening pathways and pulling through a diverse talent base, reaching out to those communities. I know, for example. The expansion of the ACE program, Middlesex have just got on board. Surrey, Warwickshire, I don't know yeah. if they're shaking that nationwide. What are some of the things that Sussex is doing, not just to pull through young talent as you think about pathways, but to ensure that you're reaching out to the the broadest mix of talent? Yeah, that's obviously highly uh, pertinent question at the moment, and in, in for lots of reasons. Um, mainly because it's it's obviously the right thing to do and we have to broaden the pathway and broaden the scope of of interest in cricket and then give the opportunity to those youngsters who come through so we we're, we're through through our club network which goes back to what i said before about how 
how involved we are with the game across the whole county through the through our club network we just launched two urban plans in Crawley and Brighton um obviously two of our bigger urban areas we you know we haven't got huge urban areas in the way that say a Warwickshire or a Lancashire would have so we've got different challenges perhaps to other counties and that's the nature of, of the geography um, but we're working very hard um, in Crawley which has a, a very strong Asian population um, huge cricket uh, lovers a lot of cricket clubs expanding in Crawley uh, we're working very closely with the local authority to improve facilities to ensure that there are enough grounds because that's the other thing that clubs are finding mm. particularly those clubs who play on um, council-owned facilities. So if you want to complain about county wickets, you want to play on the, the, on the local rec a few times. <laughs> well, you know, th- there's a whole range of, of, of things there that come under this umbrella and it's difficult. Cricket's a complicated game. It's an expensive game. Um, you, you, you know, you, it's not as easy to pick up as, as with football. You put your jumper down in the park and there's your goalposts and, and off you go. You've got a game. You know, it, it doesn't work like that with cricket. You need you need a lot of equipment. <clears throat> you need a lot of quality coaching. Um, so we're working hard in those areas to, to help with facility improvements, working with the ECB and others. Um, we're working very closely with, with our schools to try and, you know, with Chance to Shine, to try and get school uh, cricket back into schools at the junior level in particular and in secondary schools with with girls programs in secondary schools you know that's been a big change in all sport is this the drop off of 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 sport in 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 schools particularly secondary schools yeah um so we're working very hard we have a huge project uh with um a, a state school in brighton uh the brighton aldridge uh, community academy which which has been going for nearly six years now, which is a, a brilliant project where the, the facilities there are are absolutely outstanding. Um, and then we we do work very closely with with our private schools as well, and that's something that you know the private schools in this country um, provide a great service to cricket. The facilities are outstanding. Mm. A lot of young talent. There's often a lot of criticism of. You know, it's all about private schools. What what you find is that a lot of kids are given scholarships to private schools because of their cricket or because of their rugby. And, and sometimes that's forgotten that actually private schools are, are helping the game, you know, and they often get unfair criticism in my book for, you know, for it's all about private education. Well, a lot of these kids wouldn't get that education if it wasn't for the cricket, which in turn started in the state school, started at the club. And it's, it, it's, it's, an, it's an environment that we just have to keep growing and get as many kids well, that goes a little starting bit the, the game as, as, they, as we can. Yeah, I mean, that, that goes a little bit to the role of the county at the centre of cricket in the county. So, yes, you know, I take your point very much about the contribution of private schools, whether you like it or, or not, or however you may feel about that, the fact is that that is true and, 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 and it remains so. But the county also ensures that work done there can extend out to areas where it might not otherwise be played to support those areas where there is talent that, that, that can't get to that. And 
do you feel that it, it, that it is the role of the county within the community to ensure that it kind of works both ways? If I've explained that right, that, 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 that you're expanding where cricket is played by by enabling it, <laughs> as well as by obviously keeping strong where 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 it has traditionally been strong. Yeah, and that's a, it's a it's a it's a absolutely great question because you know we, we we can't cut off our nose to spite our face. You know we have to strengthen the game where we, where we can. We have to go into areas to grow the game where where the game isn't actually being being played at the moment, and and that's that's a really important thing for us. And we're trying to do that across lots of different areas of the of the country. Um, you know, it's 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 a really it's a fascinating argument. Uh, you know, and we we have to just get better. We have to keep giving opportunities to more kids uh, who haven't had that. Whether it's street cricket, starting kids off with street cricket in 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 areas where there aren't any cricket clubs, for example, and then finding opportunities for them to go to a cricket club or bring cricket into the school that they, they're playing through a Chance to Shine programme or a Lord's Taverners programme. Just get the bat and ball in as many kids' hands as we can and then find the pathway, the right pathway for them to, to work their way through. Well, you say your purpose is inspiring a passion for cricket. And I think what you've said there is you could add the word everywhere. <laughs> it isn't just about, or, or within Sussex, I mean, but but nonetheless, it, it isn't just where it's traditionally strong, make it stronger. It has to be built on the strength where it's strong, but ensure that you open up new audiences. And, and, and I think you've, you've, you've said very clearly that's a big goal and that's a key it, it, pillar of what of your plan, I guess. Well, it's a huge, I mean, it is, it is that the very, it is right at the forefront. That That's what, that's what we're about as an organization. That's our number one priority uh, is, 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 you know, creating a passion for cricket and giving opportunities for everybody um, to have a go at cricket. And then, you know, eventually it all works up to the county first team at, at Hove. And, and then obviously we want to do well at Hove because if, if we don't, people get upset and the members get upset if we're not doing as well as they, they'd like us to. That That's, all part of the sort of cricket yeah. infrastructure and the cricket journey. And then obviously that gets magnified a million times when you go to the international level, because once you get to that level, everybody has a, has a view well, that's on, sport on what should or shouldn't be happening. Yeah. But that's why it's so interesting. And that's why, that's why everybody has an opinion. And that's why we're having this conversation. It's why every man and his dog, you know, jumps in on the conversation about what's wrong, what's right, what would I do, what, you know, who needs to be sacked, who needs to, you know, be dealt with, you know. It's it's the beauty of modern day sport. It was it was always thus, mm. except it's now magnified a million fold because of all the things that we've had, we've seen change in our lifetime around, you know, media, social media, um, just the 24-7 um, interest in in modern-day life and sport. Let's, do, let's talk a little bit, if we may, about the uh, the women's game. You mentioned some of the initiatives there because I was looking at those sort of five pillars that made up that plan. <laughs> and one of them is very much transforming women's and girls' cricket in the county. Just tell us about a couple of the things that are 
helping to drive that pillar forward, if I dare call it that. Yeah, we don't like the word pillar, but we'll, sorry uh, we'll let that. you off. We'll let you let you off with that, Tony. Um, Foundation. Personally, personally, I think I'm sure every every sport will say this. I think it's the the most important thing about um, cricket for the future. Uh, I think getting girls and women playing the game, uh, and they're doing it extremely well, as we can already see growing that base of of interest and talent um is is got to has got to be and, and it is a huge priority both for the ecb and if it isn't for all counties it should be um b- because it's just the right thing to do and 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 it's the right thing to give girls an opportunity a to play sport i've got three daughters mm-hmm. um you know, sport it, to me is is sport should be. It doesn't matter what sport what sport it is, but but some kind of sport, some kind of exercise should be along with reading and 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 you know English and maths. Quite frankly, in terms of how important it is to life, um, we somehow have managed to to lose that through successive governments over the last probably forty or fifty years, but. Let's not get started on that. We'd have a series, Rob, not, um, not just the one-off interview. An interesting idea, by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, that's you know, and it is just so important. And 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 why not cricket? You know, girls that take up cricket absolutely love it. Um, we have pathways. Uh, we we have our Sussex Women's program, which is based out of Bacco, the state school that we talked mm-hmm. about. Um, we obviously feed then into um, the Southern Vipers, which is the regional side, mm-hmm. which is involving Hampshire and um, Oxfordshire. It's a big South group um, that, that ensures that our Southern Vipers team uh, are then feeding into the the Southern Brave in the hundred, and then into the England team. And we're seeing, you know, how how extraordinarily well, well they play. They will play be playing matches at Hove as well as other centres, will they? Yes, they play. Uh, the Vipers play at Hove. Um, uh, we were obviously were going to be a Southern Brave women's venue before COVID, and now now the the matches are obviously double headers at the at the, the Aegeus Bowl. But no, our, our interest in women's cricket has been long standing, as many people will know, um, going back a long time. Again, you know, Claire Connor. Um, Current ECB head of women's cricket, MCC president, um, longtime Sussex captain and board member. So Sussex has again has a huge history, and this is the you touched on this at the very beginning. This year it's our 150th year at Hove. Wow! Um, first game June the sixth against Gloucestershire. WG Grace was on the ground, the very same ground that we're currently playing on. Yeah, oh, um, I love going to Hove. It's a great place to visit. You know, so it, it's. These things are really important to me, to sport. I, I, and I think you you cast them aside. Um, you, you you do the sport huge damage if if you do that. Um, and then and the other thing which I touched on earlier was just the number of clubs now who want to have a girls section mm. um, is is just exploding. Um, you know clearly lots of benefits all around and it's the right thing to do um 
and it's just fantastic to see the amount of the amount of girls and women that are that are playing cricket. When I yeah, it is fantastic. Um, it, you, you you talked about Hove and its its history. Um, in the current situation, let's call it one of flux or change. Although, what whoever who was it said change is constant. Bob that Dylan, he not busy being yeah. born, etc. Is busy dying. Yeah. You know, change yeah. is forever. Um, but does a club like Sussex, a non-test match ground, does it have to work harder in some ways than a Lancashire, a Yorkshire, a Notts, a Surrey? Does, does it does it mean you mean you, you have to pedal that much faster and do that much more to 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 to, to, to be competitive? Really, I guess. I think we do. I think it's becoming it's it's becoming a bigger challenge. There's undoubtedly, you know, as as the test grounds get um, bigger in in terms of their their capacities and their their revenue generating uh, potential through both the international game and and the non international game. Um, that that you know they are very important venues to cricket without the test match venues we we don't have the revenue that that then feeds the whole game including the recreational game and the investment that the test match grounds have put in over the last decade has been amazing you look at the you know the international match grounds were were not in great shape probably 15 years ago um and they've all invested significantly in in world class facilities now at test match venues mm. So there is there is a balancing act, and there is a one of the challenges I think for cricket um, is that the, the, the different business models are, are very varied in in the eight between the eighteen first class counties. Mm. There's probably a bigger difference between you know the, the the business turnover of the biggest first class county and the smallest first class county compared to say the Premier League in soccer. And, and and the Premiership in rugby, where there is a difference. I'm not talking six. about. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not necessarily talking about absolute numbers, but just yeah. the difference between the the top and the bottom. Mm. The, 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 you know, there's a big difference between the top of the football and the bottom of the Premiership, but it's not as wide, I don't think, as it is between the top of, say, the financial pyramid in cricket and 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 the bottom of the financial. I don't know. Have you seen Watford's results when they play Manchester City? I well, know what I do. <laughs> Yeah, that look and, and we look that's that's why you always have this debate, don't yeah, you? Um do. in, in all sports. And then you're into the debate about promotion and relegation. Yeah. Is is that the right thing? You know, rugby again, I keep saying is still having that debate 25 years on. Um so we we you know it is it is more difficult, I think, and we have to we have to try in different ways of, of trying to stay competitive on the field and and there are very different ways of doing that and and undoubtedly you know Sussex's greatest successful period in the 2000s was based on homegrown players and a couple of outstanding overseas and yeah. we've probably gone away from that a little bit over the last decade and and we're trying very hard to to go back to that alongside the likes of Archie I mean there you go <laughs> You know, that's, and, that's and that's, if, you, if you can get that balance right, it's not easy because it's competitive and, and everybody's trying to do the same. Um, but we we have taken a strategic decision. I know you mentioned that 
you know five-year plan mm -hmm. we, we, we all we all try and look you know three four five years ahead you you, you as you say you've got to be a bit careful um you, you need to you need to look at today and tomorrow um and it's a, in the current landscape it's very difficult to look too too far ahead um and particularly at the moment in cricket because you know we need to know what the structure is we need to know what the next tv deal is we need to understand some longer term stability issues that help us plan um we're we're in danger of getting ourselves into a little bit of a void if we're not careful well you, you talked a bit about the, the blast and uh, you know sussex has, has always filled hove for blast games by and large with, with a very excitable crowd uh you know i can remember luke wright blasting runs left right and center for for many years for for you um given the the sort of the more franchise focus of the hundred the re trying to re the, the potential restructuring of the game you know many many people i've spoken to feel that two very short form games is not sustainable if you want to continue to play longer form cricket and if you want to play one day cricket and if you want test players who won't break down injured or, or, or given the importance of the blast where i guess the best way to ask the question is are you seeing benefits from the hundred in terms of interest in sussex and how much of a concern is a potential threat to the blast for you um yeah too early probably to say about the hundred because we've only had one season of yeah. it obviously the first season didn't happen um if i'm honest my personal view is that i don't think it'll have a huge impact on on sussex and the blast the sussex blast product is very successful people love supporting sussex they love mm -hmm. coming down to hove on a thursday or friday night um they have a great time it's a it's a great product we have world-class players um and and the second part of your question is is that will be hugely damaging if if we didn't have that um so i don't think there's a first class county in in the country would agree or accept any dilution of the blast um you know that's that's not what we're looking at um i think it's a much more difficult question probably the one you're going to ask next is you know well, so what happens then and that's the bit that we we have to work through um you know that the debate around two white ball competitions has raged ever since this mm. this new competition was mooted back in probably 2015 2016 um we've had one year of it it was very successful for the women's game hugely successful yeah. for the women's game uh, i think i think the jury is still out um on on the men's 100 uh, in terms of um you know what what is the value of it to to the game going forward um we, we have to we have to debate that over the coming months but i you won't find a single first class county that's going to give up on on the blast what we want is um more red ball cricket in the summer and, and my personal view is and i think this is happening anyway and i think it'll happen more and more as the game goes forward 
the players will choose red ball or white ball. Um, and I'm becoming personally a more of a more of a feeling that just let them choose. Um, they'll choose through skills. They'll they'll choose because of money. They'll choose because of their agents. We can't control that. You can't control the market. And and it's a bit like the TV stuff. You know, don't fight it. Just just let it happen. Mm-hmm. And let's play red ball through the hundred. I would definitely play red ball through the middle of the summer. Um, and and if you know, we're getting more and more to a point where most of the guys in the hundred are not playing red much red ball cricket anyway. So just let them play red ball cricket, red white ball cricket in the hundred. We'll carry on playing county cricket because our members will will probably come to home to watch a four day game anyway, rather than go to the hundred. So I, yeah. I, I think we, I think we got to think much more. Um, we got to think much more differently about this, and 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 instead of trying to fit everything in, just just play play two separate competitions. Well, you have you have actually rather preempted one of my next and towards the near near the last questions timing wise, but I was going to ask you. You know, people have drawn the connection between disappointing England Test results and the timing and structure of the county game some shifts this year to get more certainly into july uh, but you've still got a big gap in august do you think enough is being done yet this year to to create more white ball cricket the one thing i did notice in the first round of games is there were some very decent tracks and some very decent first inning scores whether that's a trend or just the fact that groundsmen have had more time to work on wickets i don't know but it, it, it it felt a little bit more encouraging to me yeah, look, it's again, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting debate, and we could probably spend hours on it. Um, you know, the whole international failure versus the counties. You know, it's the same in all sports. You know, if if, if the international team does well, it's it's all down to the international setup. If the international team fails, it's all the county's fault yeah. or the club's fault. Yeah. I've seen it in rugby, see it in football, and it's just rubbish, um, absolute, and it's lazy. Um, and, you know, the groundsmen get blamed, you know, for England's performances in the Ashes. You know, it's just absolute garbage. I'm really sorry. I get really annoyed about it. The groundsmen in this country are amazing. They work yeah. incredibly yeah. hard. We see it at Hove, and I see it across the whole country. Um, and it's it's lazy journalism, quite frankly. Um, and it, the structure needs needs to be to be altered. Um it's not the county's fault that England, you know, got selection wrong in the Ashes. Well, it's not what, the county's how, fault. How that, 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 that the put county? outside his off stump, you know. How is that the county's fault? It's just, it's, it, it really does wind a lot of us up, quite frankly. Um, and and it's, it, it, it's not helping the game. Um, we have to have a sensible grown-up conversation about this whole white ball red ball debate if we believe red ball cricket is really important and we do at sussex we have four days cricket in august at hove this year and that's the our four home 50 over games that Mm -hmm. that's a nonsense yeah it's, it's not workable um so some at some point we have to bite the bullet and say 
right, let's play red ball all summer and white ball all summer and let the players choose which one they want to play. Some will play a bit of both. As we're seeing with England, you can't play both all the time because you get burnt out. Um, and we're getting more and more, I think, you know, more and more to a point where players, players are choosing what they want to do, often down to what their agents want or what they want or how much money they're going to get. We can't fight that. So, no. so let's not fight it. Just say if, if you want to if you want to have a white ball career, go and do that. If you want to play test cricket, and not everybody can have a white ball career. There are 300 English professional cricketers who don't play in the 100. You can support the test part of that better by making it more lucrative or more interesting and the only way to do that is to promote it nurture it yeah yeah and you know in 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 the right way uh, and that, i think most cricket fans would feel that's where possibly the ecb has not done a great job it's kind of just assumed the county game would always be there you know the great complaint i read this season was you know i think took a long time for an ecb tweet to go out to, to say hey the it's the first day of the county season. Get on down to your local county. Didn't see much of that. Well, look, there, there has been there has been a lot of criticism, um, you know, and I think some of it's justified. Um, there's been a massive focus on white ball cricket um, yeah. because of 2015, and it won a World Cup, and, and they won a World Cup in 2019. Yeah. It's the pendulum has just swung too far. Yep, and, and we've got to swing it back a little bit, and we've got to work out what what the right answer is going forward so that both both have to find a way of coexisting because both neither of them are going away unless unless people make decisions the wrong decisions which create that environment where one withers and at the moment that's the risk that that people are are have forgotten about the test team and and the, the red ball game. Um, yeah. And also, you know, let's be honest, some poor decisions have been made. Um, and I'm not going to go into detail, but uh, we all know that. We can see it. They've won one test in 17. So, yeah. you know, so know. <laughs> start, start. you know, high performance review needs to start looking at the, the setup first, not a bit closer, a bit closer to home rather than what's around. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get that. I've got two more questions for you, Rob. One, one I hope is a gentle outside, volley outside of off stump for you. Um, I'll probably nick it. <laughs> well, you'll probably nick it. <laughs> I don't think you will. Uh, it was it was actually, it was actually, you, you've, you've kind of touched on it. I just wanted to give you a chance just to talk a little bit about the work of the phenomenal work of the, Sussex Foundation, which sort of sits under you and and within Sussex cricket, doesn't it? Uh, you talked a little bit about li uh, links with the community. We, we as Gorilla Cricket, worked with John and his team last year. Yeah, I think we raised about six grand uh, for yes. the for the in the bag campaign, yeah. working with the Brighton and Hove Food Foundation, and we loved it. We we just it was a great relationship. We 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 just got stuck in, and, and we did some great stuff together, and we we're really pleased with that. Tell us just a few things. Uh, that, that that the foundation is doing at the moment because because often that work people people on the outside sometimes just don't see that and it's it, it's a huge part of what counties do tell us a little bit about the work of sussex with the foundation well i mean 
you're absolutely right. Is integral to Sussex cricket, and and um, John Philby was chair of that. Now chair, now, yes. Now, now John has has stepped up to be chair yeah. of the Sussex Cricket Limited whole organisation. Um, right. So we, we'll we'll have to find a new a new chair for um, for the foundation. Gary Wallace Taylor looks after the the foundation and fundamentally looks after all of the recreational game, as as I touched on earlier. So everything to do with our recreational. Um, uh, growing and developing cricket runs through our regional managers and our our coaches in 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 the in the foundation department, as well as doing other activity which you touched on in the bag, which we worked with you on, and thank you very much for your support on that. And we we you know that was a project that we were very proud of working through through COVID and and through providing. Um, you know, we all saw how much food poverty there was and, and, and still is, sadly. We also have sporting memories programs where we have... Um, oh, there we go. There you um, go. <laughs> I told you I'd get interrupted. He's got a watch. He's Your dog's wearing a watch. He's going, to, you've had Rob too long. Um, I want my breakfast. Um, so we, we have sporting memories programs that we run across the county where we get we invite people in who are suffering a little bit from dementia who to help them you know, oh, wow. talk about sports, a massive thing for people um, to talk about. Um, uh, we have a mental health and well-being hub, which we launched during COVID as well, where people can go onto the Sussex Mental Health and Wellbeing Hub and look at all sorts of advice and help if, if they're struggling in, in whatever way they may be struggling. Um, and we've all seen how mental health over the last couple of years has been a real issue for lots of people. So... So on top of the cricket, which is the core thing that the yeah. foundation do, we do have a lot of other activity as well. Well, that's that's great to hear. Okay, so my last question is you had a five-year plan. You're sitting, if you like, where you are now, looking back on those five years. In five years' time, you're looking back. Um, if you had one wish for Sussex in the next five years, when you're looking back and you're going, okay, here's what we've done, what would it be? How would you summarise success after five years? I think it's very easy, really. I, I think it, it's just having a growing, a growing and vibrant game um, across all aspects. Um, it, it's, it's. I, I think cricket is. Ironically, I think cricket's in a stronger position now than it's probably ever been. Actually, in terms of interest in the sport, um, we're, we're going through some some challenging times um but but the sport will come through those uh and i think the sport has a huge huge and, and and very vibrant future well that is a fantastic note on which to finish rob andrew thank you so much for your time uh, it has been an absolute delight having you on gorilla cricket my thank pleasure Tony. thanks for having me Revolutionary Cricket Commentary. Sports Social Podcast Network.